This podcast is brought to you exclusively by the Reality Check Podcast Network. Hey, everybody, this is Stan Wengland, and I'm one of the co-hosts, along with my wonderful son, Johnny Wangland. He's going to tell me I didn't announce him correctly, but we are the two cats on this wonderful new show, which I think this is our sixth episode. Our seventh episode. What's that again? This is number seven, baby. It's number seven? Number seven. Oh, man. I must be getting a case of dementia. But uh, this is uh, this is our show, uh, which is about generational differences, the way that people kind of see things maybe sometimes a little bit differently, called Does Father Know Best? And man, if there was ever a time when Does Father Know Best uh, come into the picture, this is the period of time right now. Would you agree there, John? Yeah, it's been a wild week, you know. It's been a lot of crazy stuff that's been going on, a lot of unrest around our country in the United States. And uh, just everything in general, man, it's been we, we need some we need some good leadership and some good guidance going on because it's uh, some bad times right now for everybody, man. And I really hope and pray everybody's doing OK out there. Yeah. Well, the good news is for those of you who are listening to the show, I'm here when you're looking for some good leadership. <laughs> I, you know, it's really crazy because our first episode, uh, I, I'm, you know, my son teases me along with my wife and everybody else. They say, hey, Dad, you know, like y- your whole life is, a, is an episode from one of your shows. <laughs> but it is. It's kind of like an audio book. Uh, our first episode was about protests. If you recall correctly, John, you were. Yeah, it was about what protests likes in the 60s and 70s and everything. And I think I kind of mentioned a lot of the things that are going on now. And uh, my show that's coming out tomorrow for my other show, Just Thinking, there's a little plug for my show, is uh, is on this protesting uh, that's going on right now. And it's, baby, I have seen this. I'm going to be 70 in December. Uh, it, you know, people of my era, man, I have seen this before, chapter and verse. This is the beginning. This is the beginning, and uh, it's going to be a little bit different because of all the technology we have uh, and social media, which is on steroids times 10 compared to what was going on when uh, this was happening in the 60s and 70s, and this was on the nightly news every night. And why am I mentioning this? Because this ties in, this wild time ties into one of our main topics tonight, and that's about like... What kind of reaction are many of you having if you get on your Facebook accounts or you're sitting and trying to have a discussion about what's going on in the country or you're on Twitter or you're sitting over the dinner table with people? Have, have you have you noticed that it's almost impossible to change anybody's mind on any fucking thing at all? Or is it just me? No, you're not going to change a lot of people's minds, man. It's uh, <laughs> right now with what you're seeing out there it is quite possibly uh, some of the most ignorant, nonsensical shit I've, I've seen on social media and forever. There's so much I want to say to people on social media right now, but I don't yeah. because I just look at it as what is it going to do for some of these people? Because they just don't get it anyways. They don't get it. They don't understand the race baiting that I see, the complete just divisive things that they're putting out there. It it makes me sick to see some of it right now. And I I tried to put a message up about positivity the other night on social media. And -hmm. you know how many people commented on it? Four. Yeah. You know, I know because I was one of them. Well, you were one of them. Four. And then what do I see from all these other people? Just over and over and over and incessant baiting and divisive topics it's just it's turned me off of certain people so much in Mm -hmm. my life as as friends or people that i've associated with and i I don't know maybe it's the same for you and i just i don't even know if i want to be friends with some of these people i'm going to be going through a cleaning list this week of some people uh that i do things with as friends and just can you know confidants that supposedly used to be in life because God, by God, man, people are people are terrible, dude. Well, you see, uh, and um, this um, this is the the point of the show today. And you just said to me, "Do I see this?" Yes, I do see it. 
And, uh, you know, have people seen it before? Yeah, I've seen this before uh, when people got into the Vietnam War. And this is what society was like for, oh, I would say close to about seven or eight years, maybe longer. And the, the, the protests were the first part of it. Uh, and then people became hawks and dub, doves. Uh, you were a hawk if you wanted America to stay involved with Vietnam, if you thought that was a, the correct thing to do. You were a dove if you wanted peace and you wanted this. And if you were a dove, then you were a leftist, you were a commie, you were a pinko. You didn't love your country. Uh, if you were a hawk, you were a Neanderthal, you were a warmonger, you were a white ring, a right winger, uh, all that kind of stuff. And you would get people in families, you get people saying, stop talking about this now, like we do now. And uh, but there was no there was no social media that we have now. And this was the same thing, believe it or not, in the Civil War in our country, prior to the Civil War. Uh, you know, people would do the same thing. It was the same thing um, in the uh, 50s and 60s with the civil rights movement, when uh, you had large segments of, of the population and your family who would, uh, you know, if you were, no, I'm talking about, I'm a Caucasian, I'm a white person. And yeah, you'd see families, you know, that who were white. And uh, you'd have some people in the family who would be liberal and you'd have a vast number of people who would say, well, they want to kind of do the right thing. But, you know, uh, they didn't want uh, people of color getting, uh, you know, they, they thought a lot of it was too much and the looting and the burning and and all the other kinds of things that we see today. And uh, people don't realize that's what happens when people get, you know, backed up into the wall and uh, so on and so forth. Now, where am I coming from? And, and I'll throw it back to you then, John. One of the reasons that people can't seem to ever get anybody to change, uh, and I sent you an article by a, a really famous, you know, philosopher from actually the 18, you know, the 19th century in the 1800s, was John Stuart Mill. And he talked about the fact that nobody is ever going to change their opinion when their beliefs are strongly rooted in feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. They're just not going to. And that's what happens on Facebook. You know, you have your feeling about something. Somebody has their feeling about something. And then you, you, you try and explain to them. And I see people will deny their eyes. They'll deny what they're seeing. Because they feel a certain way. And the historian, uh, you know, and, and philosopher... Like I said, John Stuart Mill, famous. If you if you study philosophy and history, uh, you'll see he called it 150 years ago, mm -hmm. and and you'll see it at all times. Nobody changed their mind, uh, you know, in in the Civil War. You know, those people who you know sided with the states' rights versus you know the federal government, they never changed. And as a matter of fact, we're still fighting the Civil War in many ways. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Yeah, we're still fighting reconstruction. That that's the whole issue with you know with reconstruction and, and stuff like that. It's the same shit. Different you can't believe it. Hundreds of years later. Because there are strong, strong emotions with that. And you get it with uh the Me Too movement, you'll get it with uh, civil rights movements, you know, um, Black Lives Matters, uh, you know, movements. You'll get it. I get furious. Uh I saw some people the other night. I was going to respond to something, and I saw a highly educated person, uh, a, a feminist, I'll say, from, uh, I use that old antiquated term, and uh, the first thing, it's uh, yeah, all the problems of the world uh, are because of old white males, and old white males, and, and they, mm. they put this in the comment, yeah, that's always the, 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 the thing, and uh, that they're, you know, that it's all white males directed. They're the ones who, you know, keep all minorities down. They're the ones who keep women down. And they're the ones who keep uh, LGBT communities down. And they've all those things have been under, you know, uh, attack from old white men. And granted, yeah, the white power structure and white privilege in this country certainly has held a lot of people down. I was going to respond and say, I'm not, stop classifying problems you're being as racist doing that to me i'm not part of that problem mm -hmm. you have to be specific with that and here's my point i was going to say so you're telling me that all minority groups are good to women 
Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. Right? All minorities. If you're black or if you're Mexican, it automatically means you support women. Right? Of course that's not the case. Quite the contrary in many, in many cases. You know, there's, there's all kinds of problems, uh, you know, in subgroups with things like that. Like there are with, uh, you know, different racial groups and different economic groups. And how about women? Are there any female racists that you've ever seen? Oh, no, Lord never. have mercy, yes. And how about, uh, how about lots of women and how about lots of minorities? Do they all embrace the LGBT community? Of course, oh. right? And it goes around, you know, and it's back and forth. I was going to put that argument in that Facebook thing. And you know what I remembered? John Stuart Mill. I said, don't even do it because I'm not going to change that. I'm not going to change that. I, all you have to do is look at that person's profile and see that, uh, and it sounds terrible, they are very, very locked into this very, I think, a very toxic female movement a very biased female movement, a very derogatory one uh, against males and white males in particular. And there's no change in them. And then you see the same thing with men towards liberal women or fem- women or, you know, or, or feminists and things like that. They berate these women and berate the fact that they get treated, you know, unequally and unfairly. And it doesn't matter that they have the truth on their side on many of these issues. They're not going to, they're just not going to grant it to them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, I didn't mean to hijack this part of the show. No, it's, it's but, good But talk. it's almost like, what the heck is the point in even talking to anybody? Because nobody wants to acknowledge the truth about anything. You know, it's how they feel about things. So you get very frustrated. It's like with the pandemic and opening up and doing different things. You'll see people say, hey, nobody's saying not to cut, to try and do more things, but we're not going back to normal right now. You can't go back to normal when you've got an active virus that's killing people. You have to take some different steps that you may not like, but people don't want to do that. They don't want to do that. And that's very apparent. Even though lots of people will wear a mask and lots of people will do, a lot of other people will just be in total denial for that. They don't want to do it anymore and they're not going to do it. And there's nothing you're going to say to them that's going to change them. Nope. No, so, some people don't want to change, man. Most people don't want to change. And why do you think that they don't want to change, I guess, is the, the point, you know, I think, which is a good discussion here. And, and people get on social media, hmm. you know, they're giving you all these stupid friggin' memes and their philosophy on everything. I don't do any of that stuff anymore. I would do that in the beginning when it first came out. Not anymore. I mean, that's what my show is for. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to listen to that. So you're saying, why don't people want to change? Yeah. Or why don't they want to listen? What prevents them from listening? When they have, when you see the facts, right? We know people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or there may be things you and I disagree about, and, sure. and I'll feel that you, you, the facts are right before, and, and you don't want to see them, or you think I don't want to see them. Uh, why do you think that people don't want to see reality? I think a lot of it is because they don't want to feel uncomfortable, and they don't want to take the time to educate themselves properly on a topic, on a subject. People are so one-track. It's easier to think a certain way without logic, reasoning, and and educating yourself. 
Mm-hmm. It's easier to do it that way than to sit over there and take the time to think about it, research on it, look into it, and try to understand all the perspectives. So they do it because of ease and laziness a lot of times, right. and they just don't want to. They don't want to. They want to believe what they want to believe, man. People want to put a narrative down in life a lot of times too. They want to put blame on other people for their problems and their issues. So what when you want to put blame on somebody, what do you do? You you sit over there and you constantly blame somebody else or something else. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's you blame someone else or something else and you stick to your narrative. People go down and they die by their sword, man, even when they know it's wrong and when they know it's completely illogical, you know, mm-hmm. and they, they'll go down and they'll they'll die by their sword, man. And you see it all the time. They use just completely, you know, illogical thought processes. They don't want to they don't want to better themselves in any way, man. And when they really make the choice if they want to do it or not is when they come to the bottom of the barrel and they realize there's no possible fixes for the issues that they that they're experiencing in life. Mm -hmm. Just my thoughts. No, I I think that's very I think that's very accurate. I think that. I think that we have to realize on Facebook uh, and social media, if you're trying to convince other people or even in your own family, the bottom line, what we're saying here is that uh, the best way to make decisions is not emotionally. You know, if you have to make a life or death decision uh, for yourself, uh, probably the smart thing to do. That's why people say count to 10. And then if you're really smart, count to 10, five more times. Yeah. And uh, take it easy and take a breath and try and be a critical thinker and think of things logically. You wouldn't want your doctor to, to uh, treat you, uh, you know, emotionally. Look at the kind of a stupid idiot we have as a president and, and other people who just, you know, they, they react emotionally on everything. How many times does this guy walk back things mm. 10 seconds after he says them? It, it's idiotic because he's impulsive. He follows, he, he makes decisions completely based on his emotions. You know, not any understanding. He doesn't take any time to think anything through. And people are like that, too. They feel uncomfortable. They don't want to feel uncomfortable. You know, so when when uh, they see stuff and, and people challenge them where they have to change their thinking and may have to change their behavior, man, they just don't want to do it. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you. It's uh, the for me, social media has become uh, very distasteful. I'm sick of hearing, you know, I'm sick of hearing people just spinning out shit that, that, you know, they're memes, they're pieces of information that they just, you know, that they're getting from sources, from algorithms in Facebook, that they're, they're, they're getting information that's getting pumped to them that supports their thinking. You know, yeah. I don't know if you're aware of that, but have no, you ever noticed that? <laughs> yeah. The, that's all you get. Like if you have a particular point of view, that's all you get is is tons of information that supports that. It's what it does, man. That's what they do. Yeah. And then, and then if you have a friend or somebody who has a different way of thinking, they're getting information that supports their point of view. Uh, you know, and a lot of it or most of it is misinformation. And but then when you see a lot of times, though, too, is they want to be rile people up. They want the active yes. engagement on there. You'll see people, man, too, who you don't want to see their shit. And you wonder why they keep being they're at the, the top of your feed, man. Mm-hmm. And Facebook has changed. I'll just say with Facebook, uh, they've changed around the way that you can view your timeline and stuff and do things. Mm-hmm. They want you to be. <laughs> <laughs> they want you to interact with these people that you disagree with that are on your timeline that okay. you have had negative interactions with. They want that shit, man. Mm-hmm. They want it too. Mm-hmm. So they're going to give you like-minded people. And then they're, and they're going to give you people who are at the complete opposite too, because the more engagement you put on there, the more money they make in revenue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Food for thought, man. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so what are you doing about it? I want to say so much to some people right now, but Mm -hmm. I'm doing what you said earlier. I'm counting to 10 and then I'm counting to 10 again and I'm counting to 10 again and and again and again. There's been so many times a day I wanted to comment and say things to certain people and Mm -hmm. I haven't said one bit of it. Mm -hmm. I haven't as much as I want to. 
I'd love to, but I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to change their thinking. They don't want to change their thinking. Um, and honestly, when I see a lot of the things that I've seen, and I, I, I love people who are different and have different beliefs. I, I don't care if people have different beliefs than I do uh, politically, spiritually, emotionally in any way. That doesn't bother me. When you're a hateful, hate-mongering person and you you spit out hateful stuff, man, that's where I draw the line. You know, those are the people I don't want in my life anymore. And this has really opened up my eyes to a lot of things with people that I used to uh, think highly of in some ways. Yes. I don't think that way of them anymore anymore. And maybe I haven't for a while with a lot of things, too. But I just I see people in a whole different light, buddy. Mm -hmm. And it made me rethink a lot of things about certain people. Well, it's a very funny thing in in um, in the agency that I work for for years and years and years, which originally was the Office of Mental Retardation and Developmental Disabilities, and then became the Office of People with Developmental Disabilities. One of the things that we changed many years ago, and I don't know if you have this with veterans, John, mm-hmm. in your business, but it's called People First Language. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, so you wouldn't say, uh, you know, uh, you know, John the Marine or John. It would be John Wangland, you know, blah blah blah. Uh, you know, uh, you know, if if it came up, somebody would refer to you maybe with something. It wouldn't be uh, uh, if I was dealing with a, a person, um, you know, who had some kind of uh, uh, an exceptional behavior. I, I wouldn't say, uh, well, this is an intellectually. Uh, here's John. He's an intellectually disabled person. You know. You, that's not people. That's not uh, people first language, you know, uh, because you're describing you, you're I would be describing you as a condition mm-hmm. person. I take great offense now. I take great offense. I understand white privilege. I understand that Black Lives Matters. I understand the women's movement and feminist movement. Uh, I understand uh, all those things and I support people in them uh, and everything else. But I'm also a big proponent of acknowledging people as a person, not as their sex, you know, their gender, uh, their age, uh, their racial group. You know, if, it, if it's important to some particular situation, like with, uh, you know, a people of color being shot more frequently than other people, of course you have to mention that. But I shouldn't have to preface something. I shouldn't have to say, here, I want to bring Bill Jones on the uh, show tonight. He's an African-American. Why do I have to? Why can't I just say Bill's here? Yeah. You know, but uh, I am going to do I've done a couple of shows uh, similar to this, but I I want to have a new one done with some other information. When I hear this thing, old white male or I hear senior or I hear things like, man, I, I rile at that. Now, I rile it, not because I'm worried about getting older. It's a great thing if you're an older person. It's a great thing if you're a younger person. It's the way it's being used. The way those things are being used on people is uh, it's very demeaning. It's very um, it's very stereotypical. And it's people who are screaming and demanding equal rights and they want to be heard and they want to be viewed as intelligent people. They're referring to people in the most ignorant ways possible and most insulting ways possible. And it it I know it bothers the living shit out of a lot of other people other than me. They really don't like it. They really don't like it. And it takes away from other people's legitimate argument. And I, I wanted to throw that out there in relation to this kind of stuff, because that's the kind of divisive, inflammatory stuff which makes other people not want to listen to your legitimate argument. Yeah. It you turns know? people off, right? Yeah, it's like if I'm saying to you, hey, look, you're just a young guy. You don't get this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tune you out, man. And why wouldn't you? That's patronizing mm-hmm. and patently untrue. You could be a brilliant young person. That's with my problem a lot of times with the educational system with teachers. Absolutely. I see the way that teachers patronize, or they, you know, they just sit over there the way they talk and they just patronize people, the kids, man. And the kids look at them. They're like, they're fucking dopes for a reason. And it, it's treat them like normal human beings. Don't sit over there and patronize them constantly over and over. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. You know, 
you talk about like like the good thing about using a people first type language. It's the same type of thing, man. You know, and why wouldn't you be turned off to somebody when they do those types of things when they dismiss you to the to the, to those points? And you know, people don't realize that about social media. We've all been guilty of it at times, I'm sure too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all have been, you know, where we have moments where we're not at our finest on there. Is uh, mm-hmm. social media is is it can be a really good thing and it can be a really negative thing <laughs> and. I'm telling you, you know, you rethink your strategies in life with the people you associate with based upon the interactions you see on social media, because everybody's a tough guy and can say what in a tough girl and they can say what they want to say behind the keyboard. Oh, absolutely. So they're they, they're going to chime in and say what they want to say. So they're real tough guys and tough girls and say what they want to say right behind the keyboard. So you see people's real, true thoughts yes. and emotions. What's going on? You have John Wanglin, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namaga Madoff versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. Are you interested in spirituality and the paranormal? Do you enjoy having conversations about social issues and current events with a balanced and spiritual perspective? Are you intrigued by ancient prophecies and mysteries of the past or just unraveling modern-day conspiracy theories? If so, I would like to invite you to come on a journey with me on my show, The Spirit Side, available on all the major podcast platforms. I'm Paul James Caden, and I hope to see you there that come out behind a keyboard because they think they're immune to seeing it. And if you don't think, you know, for those out there that your businesses don't see those things that you work for, that your organizations don't see it, that prospective clients, prospective people, friends, family don't see that thing. You're crazy because they do see it. And it makes you look like a first class jackass. A lot of times if you're acting in that manner, yeah. And it will affect your ability to do things at some point. I guarantee you. Guarantee you. Yeah. And, and what you're seeing also is you're seeing a lot of people posturing. You know, and posturing yeah. is a posturing is a really good term. You see this a lot in business. You see this a lot. Um, if you go to an adult education class or something and somebody kind of asks a question that they already know the answer to. Mm-hmm. And posturing, you see this in organizations, people posture. Uh, and patronize other people. And, uh, you know, one of the things that happens, uh, uh, particularly on Facebook, is people, they have these fantasy lives that they live on Facebook. This isn't their real life. This isn't, uh, you know, uh, this is a, a life that they portray. And, you know, with uh, John Stuart Mill's point about you're not going to get people to change anything, you, you can't get you, you many most times I find that you can't have any kind of a reasonable conversation with anybody that, uh, you know, people have this persona that they want to project on there. And, um, you know, if you, if you throw something out that interferes with that, they're just not going to buy it. Or like you're saying, people inadvertently through the kind of persona that they display on there really kind of uh, clue people in to what they really like. No doubt about it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I know that when I put certain things out there, you know me, I'm not into uh, I'm not into people burning and looting and everything else like that. But just to give you an example, I understand that totally. And people, you know, I have to explain it. I'm not telling you that I think anybody should break the windows in your store or whatever it is and do anything. Hey, but when you have nothing and you your educational system is uh, is subpar and you're devalued and you're marginalized and you're afraid to go out at night to go get a pack of cigarettes that some bull is going to fucking shoot you. Yeah, you, you're not, you're watching you're watching society rip you off day after day. Is that a re- rationalization for you to go and do things? It sure is. But it's understandable to me. It's understandable to me. Now, the reason I'm bringing that up is just to give you an example. Somebody's going to think I'm a bleeding heart liberal or I'm a communist or, you know, oh, I'm not any of those things. I just am a person where I come from very humble 
a background of people who were very poor, and I understand people, and I, I, I try to see what they're messaging, what they're saying, what they might, you know, what they might be feeling. I'm not trying to judge the, 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 their actions at that time. I'm trying to understand their actions. Then I see other people, uh, kind of what you're talking about, John, people who reveal themselves to be cruel and insensitive and uncaring in a shocking manner. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that they're really shocking. They're almost proud of their ignorance and proud of their hatefulness. So I, I, I don't know. I'm with you. I, 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 I seldom get into a conversation with anybody on Facebook and I avoid all kinds of things. I, I used to post things all the time. And if you notice, I never post anything anymore. It's just not worth it, dude. No, it's, no one is not worth it. It's it's not worth it. And uh, I, I think it's a great uh, – I, I find uh, uh, Facebook uh, and the news now, uh, what I would see on uh, – here on uh, – and see on television to be highly aggravating and uh, constant, uh, you know, people who are pundits and are, are – it's the same shit over and over and over and over and over and over and over. You know, and I, I find that it's, it's better for me to, you know, read it in the news. Like you've heard me say that a million times, use other sources to see a little bit of news, a drop of it. Just like it was very interesting last night to see those riots, to see what was really happening and, uh, and the protesting and, you know, see reporters get shot and arrested and with rubber bullets and shit like that. I mean, you know, to see things happening, but, uh, you know, I could get some of these guys on Facebook, you know, and gals that, you know, we've talked about and they tell me that I didn't see what I saw. Yep. So are you going to be cutting out some people on your Facebook accounts and things like that or just leaving them on and just not? Oh, no, there's going to be some people that are going to be cut out, my friend. Mm -hmm. There's definitely going to be for me. Uh, There has to be, you know. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to see just the ignorance anymore from some, and I'm tired of excusing it in others. And, uh, you know, there's other people too, you know, that I have, a, I have a more vested interest in with stuff with business too. Um, mm-hmm. other things that I do that I I'm seriously rethinking even with that. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to, because I don't want to be associated around those things personally or professionally. Mm-hmm. I hear you. You know, I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough go around in life enough as it is. And I don't want to be associated around with that stuff. And, uh, you know, I think you probably feel the same way. I, oh, I want to, I, I, I want to be associated with good people, man, and people that have good feelings and perspectives. And I don't want to be associated around hateful people, man, and people that uh, just don't want to get it personally or professionally in any way, shape or form, man. Yeah. It's not the well, way that I like to do it, buddy. Yeah, well, for me, I, even though I'm retired from my full-time position, I still teach. Uh, you know, I'm a college professor. I teach at a legitimate college and everything else like that. And I like to be freewheeling in my podcasts and everything else like that, to be sure. Uh, I never hold back on uh, my honest feelings and everything else like that. But at the same time, uh, and I can be very raw and I can be very real and I can be very, uh, I guess I could be, you know, crude at times and I could be eloquent at times like anything else. But I have to make sure in my mind, uh, for me that I always feel very comfortable that anything that I say, I could defend to, you know, the president of the college or another college professor or a student where I could say, hey, I, you know, uh, as you can see, I'm not insulting you or demeaning any particular group or and it's not because I'm trying to be political, but because I'm trying to be a good person, uh, you know, to be a decent human being uh, with different things. You've never heard me say I want to see the president sick or ill or anything. You know, I'm not afraid if that's the way I felt. I guess I would say it. But, uh, you know, I don't feel that way. I don't have hatred in my heart to anybody. And you're right. You you have to be accountable for many. I mean, you can have a slip up on a show. You can say something that sounds awful stupid or disrespectful and not mean it. But, uh, yeah, if you're going to go out and preach a lot of hate and things like that, yeah, it's going to have a personal, um, you know, um, a, a consequence to you. And it, it could have a consequence with, uh, you know, if you own a business, if people are going to come to your store or 
you know, what kind of person are you to deal with? Are you a reputable person? Are you a decent person? Those kind of things. So uh, I don't know. What do you think? Good topic? Very good topic, man. Very, very interesting topic and just interesting information out there for everybody. It's it's food for thought for everybody to think about, you know? Yeah, it's a tough one. Everybody, uh, everybody, uh, you know, sees the world through their own lens. Absolutely, man. And it's, uh, you know, everybody likes to be right. You know, you don't want to be wrong. That's just a normal thing. But, man, you know, you don't grow. If you can't handle uh, some some room for improvement or some change, isn't it refreshing though? Just for me, I, and I'm, I'm sorry, I won't throw any more out on here, but I, I always love. I've had many discussion with nice people where that's the last thing that we didn't mention that John Stuart Mill said. He said uh, one of the things that's good to do is instead of trying to seek to convince other people, be open to changing your own mind. And when you have a nice person that's talking to you and they're giving you good information and it contradicts our point of view, why don't you entertain the fact that they might be right? And I found out sometimes that I've been terribly wrong about something. And Mm -hmm. a nice, intelligent person has shared something with me. And and I wind up, they become the best of friends. Interesting. Oh, yeah, because I I never in work ever wanted anybody who was a yes man or woman around as the boss. Why would you? No, it's a, it, it, it's going to hurt you. You want people that are not, you don't want people to challenge you just for the sake of challenging you, but you want everybody to have their opinion and to, 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 to talk to you in a reasoned way. That's how I was trained in school from my teachers and my college professors and things. And they were wonderful. It, it wasn't uh, who was the most emotional. It was, you know, you could be passionate, but who had the best argument, the best set of facts? The best research, the best analysis. Yep. I don't know. You know, would we have people marching in the streets now, busting out windows? Um, It's pretty much of a no-brainer, isn't it, that you have to treat everybody equally? I might come up and march up the street and bust out your window. Yeah, and I may bust your (laughs) by the nose and boot you right in the ass, man. (laughs) I wanted to make it a lighter subject there and make a little jokey there. I know. I, I might come up and bust your goddamn window out. You know, and you know me, man. That'll be the day. I'm not ready for that yet. It's like when somebody says, you know, hey, you know, you're an old white guy. You're a senior and they haven't seen me. I said, yeah, I'm a senior. Come on up here, man. Come on up here, man. I'll lay you out, man. <laughs> I've got chunks of guys like you in my stools. <laughs> That's Phil Hartman, by the way, from Saturday Night Live imitating Frank Sinatra. I love that line. In case you, I know, John, I use it on you all the time. Oh, no, Phil was great back in the day. He was. I, I would, would love to do a show on that, you know, about Saturday Night Live, but you don't watch that very much. I don't watch Saturday Night Live. You know what I showed my son, though, today? I what? showed him Chris Farley. Oh, God, you see the best. I my showed God. him, do you, ever, do you remember the movie Black Sheep? Of course, with David Spade. Yeah, so I'm making a joke about, we're making a little joke there about the protesting. So I showed him the scene where his brother's doing the Rock the Vote rally with the at the Rastafarian concert. Mm-hmm. And he ends up going, showing up there. And Chris Farley gets a contact high from being with all the Rastafarian guys. And they're talking mm-hmm. all like the anti-system stuff. And then mm-hmm. Chris Farley just goes out there and starts just drumming up the crowd. And they're loving it. He's just, he's high as a kite saying stupid shit. And then he just yells out, kill Whitey. <laughs> and then the Rastafarian band goes, no, when his brother was running for centers. What the fuck? <laughs> his, oh best, his best bit on Saturday Night Live was where he was the motivational speaker. Oh, my God. Yeah. He lived then, in a uh, car down by the river, man. His, he lived in a van down by the river. Yep. Phil Hartman was in that and also his buddy David Spade would always be one of the kids. Oh, just great yeah. stuff, man. Julia Sweeney. The whole crew, man. And he, boy, that was a funny bit. Did you want to spend a couple minutes on sports? Yeah, dude, I'm definitely down, man. Or or, or, or are we done for tonight? No, I think, think we, well, I think we should do some sports. Yeah, well, well let me, let me, po- let me throw this out to you, man, because we may have a difference of opinion on this. Uh, it looks like, uh, you know, as uh, this people are, go- you know, because this is like the most important thing in the world to our country, not that over 100,000 people are dead and we still don't have a vaccine or don't have proper treatments 
And we have state after state now that's uh, getting swamped by this virus again from reopening. And as it's going through the country, uh, the sports calendar, uh, which looked like uh, nothing was too much was going to happen with that. Well, man, that's all been changing again. And we got to have those sports back. We got to have them back. And uh, it looks like the sports calendar is a moving target to be sure. And uh, there's all kinds of stuff. Now, I know the Olympics got postponed for a whole year. Yeah, until next year. Yeah. What do you think about that? Do you think that's proper? I think it's a smart idea. Yep. I mean, the travel restrictions were going to be in place anyways. So people weren't going to be able to get in and out like that. And it just wasn't a safe time to do it in in general. So, you know, they had to move that back. There's no doubt about it. The sports teams are, you know, or the sports seasons are trying to capitalize on something, um, you know, as they can. I, it's gonna, it's kind of crazy, you know, to think that we're gonna have the NBA in July and the NHL in July. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think it's kind of wild, man. I, I, is the world gonna come to an end if we don't get a definitive answer to the Stanley Cup this year or the NBA championship? Right. Yeah. And then, now, you know, the, you got the ML. Maybe, golf is the one <laughs> it's going to kick off first before anything. Well, the UFC's already kicked in. And, you know, you had you have, uh, you know, sports like professional wrestling that have been going on without a crowd. Now they're slowly integrating a crowd in uh, now, with which they could have been doing in general in certain points up to 50 people. But now golf is going to be the first like major sport other than the UFC. Uh, to start really getting out there and going and doing things in a couple weeks. Yeah, they start on June 11th uh, from the stuff that I have, and the Masters will be done instead of, uh, you know, the question I have, though, like, how important is that? It's not. And, and is it worth is it worth the risk? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I You, you know, maybe you have the uh, the information I don't know how they're going to structure that. Uh, I don't know how they're going to like uh, like uh, football, the NFL. Now th- they have their first regular season game that I have in my notes starts September 10th. How the hell are they going to play that game? Are they going to play that game with people in the stands? I have no idea, and I don't think they have an idea yet. Yeah, and it's the same with uh, basketball. They suspended the season on March 11th, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they played 63 to 67 games, of, and uh, but there's no date set for re, for a resumption that I can, can I, that I can find. But what I July. Out, what's that again? Basketball is going to resume in July. Okay, it says the but the league is looking at, at playing its games at Disney World. Yeah, I heard. Yep, Disney's uh, offering them the uh, the venues to do it. Uh huh. Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like, uh, so, like, what's that like? Who's there? Do they I don't do think anybody will really there? be there much. They yeah. might do the twenty-five percent rule, or they can go twenty-five percent of the stadium can be filled at some point. Would you go to a game there with twenty-five percent of the stadium? No. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that. No, I have no urge to go to that, man. It's going to be enough to want to go to a damn restaurant or a bar or something like that eventually, or a gym or any of that, those things. No, I have no urge to want to go. I mean, I'll watch them on TV if they're going to do it. I mean, do I support it? I'm, I mean, I don't see a big, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't see any big, uh, you know, need for it. But I mean, the it's money. It's greed. It's getting it going. It's I want to take my mind off things. I get it. I understand if it's safe to do it. I'm all for it. But is the safety measures going to be put into effect correctly? I mean, there's too many what ifs for me right now. Well, here's an interesting one that ties into the sporting events that uh, and it spins off of the conversation we just had with convincing people. Brand new article out today, today. And it's uh, from uh, people who are neuroscientists, and it's about cognitive biases. Just so that you know what a cognitive bias is, it means your thinking, how your thinking is biased. And what they're warning is, this is today, don't let cognitive biases cause you to engage in risky public health behavior. And people are starting to say, uh, oh, there's a new normal. And when they hear the term normal, uh, you know, they're starting to believe they're back to the old normal. 
and they're getting very, very lazy with their hand washing, their physical distancing, the masks aren't being worn like they're supposed to be, and they're getting to be lazy about things. And what are scientists and doctors saying? They're saying, when you're in the middle of a pandemic, that's really, really bad, that the reason that a lot of this is flatlined in most of the countries because people did the right thing. I go out now, I have to tell you, I see everybody wearing a mask in the stores and everything else like that. How the hell could you go to a restaurant right now or whatever? Here in New York, we're at the, the second phase, you know, where, where, you know, you can get a haircut tomorrow. I wouldn't get a fucking haircut right now when everybody and their brothers jumping in there. You're nuts. You know, to me, I think that's crazy. So I'm trying to relate this to sports uh, and asking you, do you think that that people are, uh, you know, that uh, they're getting a little bit nutty with that, pushing the sports? Because the Lancet, you know, the most famous, one of the most famous journals for, for people to, uh, you know, publish things. Christian, by the way, my daughter and your sister is in the Lancet. They just outlined eight pitfalls in judgment that we use about risky public health behavior. So do you think that uh, sports, these sports teams and organizations are pushing people in an unhealthy direction to make money? Of course, that's what society does in general. (laughs) I know, but I'm asking you, what do you think? So do you think it's worth seeing these guys get all their fucking money to see a fucking basketball game? Or a football. I, I have to see, the, you know, the outline procedures that they have if they're going to reopen. Do mm-hmm. I, as of right now, do I think it's it's worth it? I don't know because, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, there's there's a lot of what ifs to me at this moment, and I have to see more concrete evidence and more concrete stuff that's coming out there from them on what they plan to do for for the, for me to think it's a good idea uh, in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I'm not going to go and see one until I see uh, see a game until I saw that it was a safe place to go and that it was being done correctly and that it was the proper time to go. I'm not, but I have to see, you know, I really, we have to see. There's a lot of misinformation that comes out there. There's a lot of uh, things that come out from all sides of the avenues. So we have to really see what's going on out there to make a real good decision. And there has to be good plans put in place by all the, all these leagues, in my opinion. I got to yeah. see it before I, I would want to commit to it. They're, they're hell-bent. They're going to do it one way or the other, man. I totally agree, and that's what ties into the Facebook comments where you're not yep, going to They're going to do it. They're, they're going to do it. Fucking shit. And I'll tell you, I heard the best thing from the, uh, the head of the medical division of Columbia Presbyterian Hospital, which couldn't be a better hospital. And the guy was so sensible where he had the same thing. He says, hey, there's a lot of information out there, but in terms of making a decision— he said some of the one of the smartest things he said, you know, with a pandemic where there's no vaccine, where there's no treatments, no one is safe till everyone is safe. And that's just a fact, Jack. And people don't want to get that. And what he was saying is he wasn't saying that you got to lock yourself in the house. He wasn't saying that you can't go out in the fresh air. You can't go someplace. But he was saying, hey, man, you got to be constantly vigilant. Like. When I was a kid and, and you know, polio was around and there were literally times of the year that, you know, polio was more prevalent. You couldn't be in groups or when, you know, diphtheria we, we would run through a city or something like that. That's how, um, you know, grandma's sister died and things like that, that you just have to use common sense. And, uh, you know, man, these big sports, uh, these big sports groups, man, they want that money. You know, they want that money. They want that cheddar, baby. They want that. They want that. Uh, the big Mugamba, man. Yeah. Now, how about, you know, here's one for us. We live right near Tioga Downs. We love going to see the ponies and things like that. Sure. Uh, now, the, you know, they're loaded with people. How the hell could you be there and, and watch the goddamn, you know, the way that the casino's set up and everything else? How could you go there? And how could it be safe under any circumstances? I don't know. You know, I, I just don't. Is anything ever safe, though? Well, I see that's to me, that's one of those uh, questions that 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 it has no bearing on. It's a false. It has nothing to that relates to this. Is anything ever safe? It is, is that, though, is, because 
if we go out, if we go out and, and there's the flu is prevalent, I'm just using the flu as an example, mm-hmm. or there's, there's things that are out there, you know, it, it can get a, we can get sick from it. We could die from it too. Right. And, you know, is there germs out there? Is there things out there that can right. infect us? Well, that, that, that's my merit to it. You know, well, here, then let me just ask you this question. If you, uh, uh, if God forbid I got MRSA or mm-hmm. I got some other, uh, highly, you know, contagious disease. Uh, I know I remember when I had the cellulitis and everything, I was on the universal precautions. I couldn't have, people couldn't come in and, and visit with me without being masked up or anything else like that. Sure. So you get sick. Would you come in unmasked and give me a big kiss and say, Hey, it's my father. I, he's very sick. I mean, I, I could always, I don't want to come unmasked near you as it is. Yeah. No, you see that same crazy argument. It doesn't work. It's a false equivalency. It's a way to rationalize that all the time, man. What's that? I I don't know about that, though, all the time, to be honest with you, Um, because there there is so many tangible factors to things. You know, you you don't want to hop right into the situation all the time. But there is things that are out there for people all the time. There's things that are out there that are way more deadly than COVID and all that stuff, man, sure. that's going on out there right now. You could be exposed to all of it. There's things that is way more prevalent than COVID too. So yeah. you can't also live your life segregating away from the world because of a what if, you know, because you got to take precautions, yes, but you can't <laughs> segregate yourself away from the world because of a what if. Would you let the dentist work on you without any gloves and a mask? No, because there's germs, and that's just asking for it at that point. No, but but he, but chances are you do know that chances are that he doesn't have anything. The sure, years ago he used to do but, that. But I don't want. But you don't want to take that risk. <laughs> that's what I don't want. I don't want to taste that motherfucker's got what he was picking his ass with, man. See, this is this is this is what John Stuart Mills is talking about. This is when people say the pandemic's over when it's over, or this is why people won't change their mind. On Facebook, because if you bring it down to brass tacks, and I think this is a great discussion, because it doesn't have to be the pandemic. It could be smoking. It could be using drugs. It could be drinking and driving. It could be a whole bunch of other risky behaviors. Mm -hmm. Whenever people want to take risky behaviors that they enjoy, Mm -hmm. and I know I, I smoked for years and years and years like a chimney, and I would have the same rationalizations as an educator said, Hey, man, come on. Nobody lives forever. You know, something's going to get you. I'd rather I'd rather be from smoking and eating. Yeah, it's all funny. So you're walking down the block and then you can't fucking walk up the stairs because you have coronary arterial disease. And sure. then all of a sudden it hits you. But if you, you take know? it down to brass tacks, too, with coronavirus and things like that, you're looking at something that's affected less than a less than. Not even a percent of society, oh, man. Oh no, no, no. Let's not even no. go. No. Come on, man. No, you like, got you you got wrong numbers, man. There's no testing that's even been done yet accurately. It's, you know, with that kind of stuff. But, but based uh, on what we yeah. have right now and what's out there, you have something that hasn't even affected a fucking fraction of a percent, man, of society. And I've been somebody that's been that has stuck by and I'm still going to. I still wear my mask everywhere. I you're going to tell that to the people in New York City. You're going to tell that to 100,000 plus. Families? Are you going to are you going to tell it to the people that get the flu and have the same symptoms and die from that, too? I'm not saying that it's not important. What I'm saying is. It's out there and our bodies have to develop immunities to certain things. Some people's yeah. bodies don't have the immunities to them as well. Yeah. You have you it, it's a smaller percentage of something that's out there than other things that are out there too at points as well, of right it's now. It's not going to it's not going to kill everybody but what you're but but uh, so you don't think this pandemic is as serious as it's made out to be? I think it's serious but I don't think it is as serious as it's made out to be in a lot it's of ways. Because you because it's because you live in an area that hasn't been terribly affected by it yet. That's why you're saying that. And no, I, I pay attention to the world and what's going on out there too. I think it hits. <laughs> I think it hits some populations. Yes, but what do I? At the greater scheme of things, no, I don't think it is as serious as it's been made out to be at certain points. Oh no, I don't. Goodness gracious. Well, no, you know, I don't. You see, I think I think there's the example of of what we're talking about. And, uh, you know, it's probably just best to leave it here at this point, because I, I'm not going to convince you of anything. 
and you're certainly not going to convince me of anything. And the results will speak for themselves, which they are. I mean, you know, 100,000 people dead in probably less than three months is not the flu. Mm -hmm. And the World Health Organization, the CDC, people from heads of all the major hospitals, people don't take a pandemic lightly. And this hasn't gone. This is still totally active. Mm -hmm. I agree it's still out there. Is the flu still active out there all the time too? Yeah, but this is not the flu. Mm -hmm. It's not the flu and it's not flu-like. It has some symptoms, but when it grabs you, it is not Mm flu-like. But that's that's what lots of people would like to believe if they haven't been hit by it. But this is a good example of the, this is great that we did this. But you see, as as you know, and I know, we're not going to get any further than this. Right. No, because we've had this discussion separately. Right, but it's a good example. And this is what happens on Facebook. And then people start fighting with each other or screaming. I'm not going to fight with you. you. I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm not your son anymore because we disagree. Yep. I'm no, not I your son it. anymore. Do you know? I was going to ask you, but, you know, we don't like to do so many pandemic shows, but it comes <laughs> into this. But here's something that's really funny that we illustrated, I think, in a nice way. Yeah. But uh, families, husbands and wives, I saw a study. They're fighting like cats and dogs. How where they don't agree with different things, you know, like a a husband or wife, particularly when this thing was cutting through places, uh, you know, in the country, we're killing people left and right. Um, I mean, you you don't want to see what my old borough of Brooklyn looks like with the number of deaths. It's ridiculous. Right in Flatlands, uh, in Flatbush Avenue, where I lived, they had over 2,700 people that were dead. There were only 3,100 people at the World Trade Center. Mm-hmm. So you got to put that in perspective. That's one little neighborhood in uh, from this in a in a four week period. That's pretty fucking wild, man. But uh, the point being is, uh, what happens when you're locked down or you're in an area, and your husband or wife says, "Hey, man." I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm not going to do this. I'm going out and, uh, you know, being around other people or I'm slipping out to the bar drinking with my friends. And you know that you don't want to do that. You don't feel like risking your life for that. This is what's happening with a lot of people. I know a few people that this is happening to. Well, then what are they like getting divorced and shit over it? No, they, I, I know that uh, in the beginning of this, uh, a couple of times, uh, Ramona or, you know, other, you, you know, my wife said, hey, I wanted to go drop off something at some place. This was at the height of this in the, the early stages. And I said, are you out of your fucking mind to drop off some bottles at a bottle depository where 80 million people had their <laughs> lips on it? You couldn't play, pick a worse fucking place. It would be like opening up a kissing booth in, uh, in Long Island. You know, are you nuts? <laughs> and and I, I, I was actually saying, holy shit. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I can't put a rope around you and tell you not to go there. But I actually had to say, I think, a very uh, clever thing and a very true thing. I said, you don't have any right to risk my life on with your behavior. You just don't have a right. And if you do something like that, I mean, you know, I'm, I, I'm not going to fight with you. I'm not getting a divorce with you. I'm not beating you up or anything. Hey, man. I may be staying upstairs and you're staying downstairs to the duration of this thing or whatever. Shit, you already do. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm being serious now. Now, hold on for a second. But, uh, you know, now you think of it, it would be the same with you. Like if you said to me, hey, come on, you know, you know this, uh, this, this stage two, uh, we're all going in the car. Uh, you, you, you know, we're going, we're going to JL's thing next week or whatever. No, I'm not traveling in the car with you. I'm not doing that. You've already been out in other situations with other people and different things like that. People work in hospital settings. They're exposed to lots of screwy things. Hey, if they want to take that risk, that's fine. I'm not putting them down. I'm not putting you down. But I'm not risking my life for that stuff. It's it's not fair. And it's an unreasonable expectation for people to have upon me. And I would just be polite and say, no, I'm just politely not doing that. It's not that I don't want to do it with you. I don't feel that it's safe to do it with you. And that's my right to tell you that. Mm-hmm. But my point being is I'm giving you an example. You got people who are not doing that. They're just saying, hey, you know, go pound it. This is what I'm doing. And that's a wrong thing. It's like some of the people that we know, they say, I'm not wearing a mask. Hmm. Well, 
that that's not a, a for a small inconvenience like putting a mask on a store. You have no right to do that to other people who have parents or kids with compromised conditions or people who might be disabled or people who have serious allergies or breathing problems or kidney problems, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what right do you have to do things like that? So, uh, yeah, you can't convince people of that. You know, you also have a right to stick your finger in a goddamn uh, electric outlet and, and friggin' electrocute yourself, but people would tell you, don't do that. <laughs> Go for it, man. Yeah, that's what I say now. If, if it's an individual thing, getting back to the Facebook thing, I'm not trying to talk you out of, uh, you know, you want to go, you know, j- jump in a swimming pool with you, with a bunch of friends? Fuck, no, oh, go for it. You think you're immortal? Chances are you might be on mm-hmm. this. You know, other chances of, you know, the you, you got all the wars that we've fought in the past 100 years. With the exception of the world wars, we got more people dead in, in less than eight weeks over it. So, you know, if you want to take those risks, take them. It's the same thing again, trying to convince people those arguments or opening up sports events. If you think it's worth risking your life to, to have some asshole hit a golf ball, go for it, man. You were going to go to the golf course the other day. Yeah, because because there's that's an outdoor activity. The only way I can go to the golf course, I am going this week several times, mm-hmm. and I will go there. I already called the golf course and checked, and the, the rules are you can only be with a person of your immediate family. No friends. Just your immediate family, somebody that you cohabitate with. Uh, so how can they prove that? Oh, well, you... you you have to let people know. I mean, you know, to be honest well, is with that, is that worth it? Because you don't know if people are going to do it. What do you mean? I'm, I'm not playing a foursome. I'm going to be playing with Ramona. Yeah, but you're going to be going around and driving around on the carts. There's nobody there. You don't know that. I do know what you do. No, you don't. I, Come on. Use your own no. logic here, man. No, I am. Are you you're kidding me? In a golf cart? There's nobody. It's it's. I'm. There's nobody within six feet of me at all. You're not going to get germs from the cart if somebody rode it before you. No, as a matter of fact, I already spoke to the person how they disinfected yes. and I already said Do I would bring look my at that individual. <laughs> What's that? Do you look at that individual and see their cleanliness? No, I know exactly I'm, what you're talking wait a about. Second. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this guy thinks he's got me. He doesn't. No, I, already, I do have you. I'm bringing my own disinfectant. Is it worth it to go to the golf course? Do we know how it's it, it spreads via the air? I mean, we were talking about that over at my house. You were talking about it. Come on. That's is indoors. it worth it to go golfing out there? Absolutely. Yeah. What about the, it's, it's going to be in the air. No, I no, can't no. have a fire with my friends or go on do that and do it because that's not worth it or being in a pool, but you, we can a go in a pool. Yeah, you got to be kidding. Is it worth it? Do you love golf that much? Yeah. Being outside is recommended. As a matter of fact, outdoor activities are that's recommended. What I'm, doing. I'm not going around and hanging around people and are in right in my house and having them come in and sit down and have a spit oh, and fest on. or other Wait people. A second. <laughs> no, I'm Wait. not, man. I'm Wait. sitting hey. outside just like you're <laughs> no, doing you're... it for golfing. No, 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 no. You, you know, this is one of these games that you want to play here, man. And it's not going to work, but I, I have one on you, but I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to lay it out here. Are you going to go golfing? Yeah, it's very safe. Fishing, golfing. There's nobody next to me. Okay. I'm not telling at all. You. It's out in the fresh air. I don't even have to wear a mask. I'm with my wife. Okay. I don't know if I would do it. It's, it doesn't sound safe. It doesn't. You know, you're being facetious. With I am being facetious with you I because I'm you. using what you say with other things to me all the time with them there. doesn't make sense. You know? Sure, it makes sense. Is it worth it? Yes. Because there's no risk. That's extraordinary. None. People it's might say like that if you go to a sporting event, like, you're sitting I way far not. apart from them, though, for the logic and debate we had earlier. What's that again? We had a debate earlier, and we, we were talking about it. But we, we probably wouldn't go to an outdoor sporting event like that where we're going to go oh, sit out there. At a because you st- because, you, because you see, you're not using the proper reasoning here. Because you're with people who are outside of your bubble. You're with people who then... You don't know what they've been involved with. I do know it's with Ron and I, it's the equivalent of us being quarantined to a degree. But we go outside, we go to stores, we go to different things like that. But I, if I go there, I'm masked up, I sanitize and stuff like that because we're still in an active area. 
Everything isn't safe. Everything's open. The only activities that uh, you know me, I love to go bowling. I I can't imagine going bowling. How the hell is that going to work? It's not going to. No, that's what I mean. But in the same aspect is for people with a lot of the sporting events is no matter if they know them or not at that second, if they're a certain distance apart from them and they spread them apart, it could be the same thing. So you really think so? You think that it could be? Yeah, because you don't know you're going to be outside out in a golf course. There's could be people driving by you or driving near you. There could be that thing can go airborne downrange to you at certain points up Mm -hmm. to a distance. You never do know. You don't know that people are coming there with their close family uh, that only they're coming with their friends, too. You don't know the people that own it if they've sanitized properly and cleaned that off and done things. It's the same thing, man, with in different ways, maybe to a lesser extent. But it's the same thing. We choose sometimes certain things that we want to believe in. And I I I think you are rationalizing your behaviors. No, I'm not. Because I think you are, but I think we're probably at the end of our show here. Oh, we got a little dissension on does father. So who does father know best this week? I do. <laughs> because John Stuart Mills is right. There's no change in you, man. <laughs> well, sometimes when you're old, you think you know everything and you don't know everything. Does father know best? This is the first show that they really get a chance to think it up a little bit. Hey, I hope they do, man. So let us know who knows best on this episode. Go to Facebook if you're on there and comment on it. Go to Twitter at WWR Podcast at S Wangland, W A N G L U N D, or go right on over to our website, rcpodnetwork.com, and there's links to get in touch with us over there. So let us know what you think. I want to hear what you guys think on this episode. So let us know. This is the audience's first real shot to get a chance to let anybody know. Does Father know best? Maybe he does. I don't know. And the yeah, eyes I'm just the saying. Audience. I'm just saying to use play, live your life like you're a card counter, not a risk taker, man. Not at this point. Not in a pandemic, man. That's stupid. Are card counters risk takers? No, they lower the risk. They try and have the lowest risk possible. Well, they're That's risking getting their fingers broken by the mob. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everybody's got a clever answer until they're in the hospital on a ventilator going, <gasps> yeah, man. Famous last words, buddy. Hey, you never do know, man. I'm just throwing some logic out there to everybody. I, so. I would not say it's logic, man. You're just grabbing shit out of your ass and throwing it on the wall. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. <laughs> I don't know about that. It might go when you said earlier, when you diminish what other people think. Because you think you're always right. Who knows? That's that's maybe I am now now see that now that was that was true what you said there now. Now see I'm putting you down like you were trying you were you were trying one of your little kid tricks like when you were a kid trying to say, yeah. No I drive the car. Yeah, What's you, being you do the same thing. Today. You drive the car, you're smoking with mom and <laughs> <laughs> Was I being serious on my thoughts and reasoning today, folks? Maybe no. I was, maybe I wasn't. I don't know. You got to make that determination on your own. You was being a disobedient child. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I'm 38. I got an 18-year-old, too. I'm, I, I've been a disobedient child enough. I still am a little bit some days. That's true, man. But you know what the good thing is? Does father know best? I don't know, because in a few years, I'm just going to put you in a nursing home anyways. So, yeah, well, let me tell you, I'll definitely get the COVID there, buddy. <laughs> that's the whole. Yeah, you'll die fast in this area if you go oh, in there. Man, man, that's a death sentence. You go to one of those joints. Jesus Christ, man. Jesus no Christ, thanks. Right. Well, hope you guys enjoyed the show. We had some fun today, <laughs> as always. My chest is starting to puff up a little bit now. And I probably got COVID now and I jinxed myself. <laughs> Um, but it's it's okay if I got it I loved y'all appreciate the time and uh, all the things you guys do for the show and everything but if I if I croak tomorrow just know that uh, son knows best not father knows best on this I one but so. until next time we'll see you guys on the next episode 